Lock Talk Radio. Great joy and good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO, the show that brings you the most fascinating and the most helpful leaders in the business community from around our terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson, your Hieronymus Bosch of business. Look it up. And this day, we're going to learn a lot about that industry that adds grace and style and, of course, sustenance to our lives. That's right. You guessed it. We are plunging full spoon and knife into the restaurant and hospitality industry. And here to act as concierge, guiding us from farm to fork and explaining just how the intricacies of running a restaurant work and, and what parts of this industry are thriving uh, is Miss Mary Lou Halverson, president of the New Jersey Restaurant and Hospitality Association and board chairmember of the National Restaurant Association. So whether you are a regular devoted listener from the banks of the old Raritan River in the restaurant-rich town of New Brunswick, New Jersey, or you are an appreciative listener, uh, uh, well, perhaps alongside the banks of the ancient and sweeping Nile River as it passes through your hometown of Cairo. Pull up your chair a little closer. Partake of our Feast of Wisdom, all carefully cuisined, to make your career thrive and your ventures flourish. Marlo, I'm so glad that you could break free from your whirlwind of restaurant advocacy to join us today. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me on. Oh, that's good. You know, Marlo, last year, we in America, and correct me if I'm wrong, but we very happily paid out $799 billion in restaurant tabs to, to a restaurant industry that employs, I believe, 10% of our nation's workforce. I mean, we're all invested in restaurants. So I guess my question to you is, uh, how is this vital restaurant and hospitality industry doing it? How, are, are we thriving or are we growing? Excellent question. Uh, here in New Jersey, actually, uh, we're projected to be up about 3.8% from last year to about $16 billion in restaurant sales. Oh, um, and we actually, we are the state's uh, largest private sector employer. So we are projected to increase in employment opportunity as well as in increase in restaurant sales. But it is a little troubling because we are slated to be a little bit down. Um, national sales growth is about 4.3%. Uh, New Jersey, we're mm -hmm. anticipating about a 3.5%, 3.8% growth. Hmm. Well, perhaps that's because if the uh, industry within the Garden State is so rich as it is. Uh, well, uh, along that line, what kind of restaurants are, are really making the greatest headway in New Jersey? I mean, are the, the, the chains flourishing? Is it the upscale places that are struggling? What's, what's a, uh, give us a, a sort of an expertise sum up of the trends, could you? Sure. And just going back to what you said, and I think that you're exactly right. I think we saw pretty much of a skyrocket after the recession of people going back. So this is probably just an indicator that things are stabling, not that there's, you know, we're uh. behind, but I just think we have so many restaurants in New Jersey and, and it, things ebb and flow. So that that's probably right. Things, um, you know, there's trends. To, to answer your question, certain chain restaurants are doing better than others. Those that I think that adapt to what the market wants, uh, culinary trends, cocktail trends. And you're starting to see that those chains that surpass maybe some of the others are adapting to whether that is artisan, organic cuisine, healthy children's menus, gluten-free sure. options. 
So those chains are probably doing pretty well. Uh, you'll, you know, and you, and you will see when you go in there, but certainly not, um, not outdoing our, our independence, which in New Jersey, because of the cultural diversity we have in this state, our state is, uh-huh. if not the number one, close number two to being the most culturally diverse culinary atmosphere than any other state, which we're certainly really <laughs> proud I, of. I can believe that. That's 100%. And I, I like your comment about, because as, as uh, Mr. Darwin always says, it's not the strongest, it's the most adaptive that survive. And uh, with that teasingly tasteful nudge, uh, today's Feast of Wisdom, allow me now to fulfill my duties as proper host and lay before you a few utensils for furthering our feast. And the first utensil, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of chief executive officer of yourself. And since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask, will this be the day that you seek out one new choice in your life, realize one new option that might enrich your days and, and make it? Or will you continue to mindlessly follow other institutions and individuals as they assure you that they know what's best for you? The choice, my friend, is truly yours. And as a second utensil, I can sense your learning, yearning your, to steep your lips into a little laughter and taste a scriptural recitation from the 102 Best Business Quips book. So I am pulling it down as we speak, and here we are. Okay, okay, this is this one is good. I like this. This is number 20. I do wish my boss would stop referring to me as her immediate inferior. <laughs> Uh, is that a term you use around uh, the association, Mary Lou? Uh, certainly not. Uh, and I think that any good leader, <laughs> CEO, or ex- organization president knows that the only way to success is by having uh, an excellent staff, which I am thankful that I, I do. I have a wonderful team that supports me and our members. Wonderful. I, boy, am I glad to hear that. It's, it's, that's a sign of prosperity and health, if ever there was one. You know, as, as a little afterthought to that, the next time you introduce a coworker, why not try leading off with his latest accomplishment? Uh, for example, uh, this is Jim Atwood, who really saved our bacon with his mastering of the Johnson deal. And, you know, both you and Jim and your company will glow just a little more brightly. Just a thought. And if you smirked a bit over that quip, you may thank the folks at Man Consulting, that's M-A-A-H Consulting, for as they continue placing the top legal and C-suite talent in the most fulfilling and exciting environments. And if you'd like a bit more laughter, we have them literally by the books full. Just visit bartsbooks.com and pick up your copy of 102 Best Business Quips or 101 Best Business Quips. It's going to fill your quiver with some good social ammunition that'll help all your fellow wage slaves at work. And as a third utensil, we sumptuously spoon to you the answer to last week's business quotation. That is, the name of the author who noted, either you repeat the same conventional doctrines as everybody else is saying, or you speak the truth, and it'll sound like it's coming from Neptune. (laughs) Those words were spoken by none other than the uh, noted American reformer and insightful philosopher Noam Chomsky. 
And congratulations to all the winners. And stick with us because a, later on in the show, blurting your way, comes another enriching quotation. And if you are among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be. And email it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. And if you're correct, your knowledge will earn you a career catapulting gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. But enough of that. With all these utensils in hand, let us continue to graciously partake of the wise words uh, so ably served to us by Ms. Mary Lou Halverson, President of the New Jersey Restaurant and Hospitality Association. Mary Lou, you've made a career out of treating people right. I mean, you, you served on the board of the State Gaming Commission, positions in the Tourism Commission. You, you were a major executive in one of Jersey's really hottest resort spots, Jenkinson's Boardwalk. What, what headed you off in the food and hospitality direction? Well, I'd like to say it was a well-thought-out plan, but <laughs> it, it wasn't. Um, it, it, I, to be honest with you, I, my first job was at Radio City Music Hall, and then through oh. a really good friend, I actually got tied in to the Amusement Association, where I worked for about four years until I went to work for the Storino family over at Jenkinson's, and then later you know, we got the Casino Pier. Uh, mm-hmm. where we were members of the Restaurant and Hospitality Association. Uh, so after being there for 15 years, I made the transition. Uh, just about five years ago, Hurricane Sandy Day was my first day with the association. So I've always – I've grown up in New Jersey other than a brief time of you know going to school outside the state. I love the state and everything about it. Uh, so it's certainly been a pleasure to have my career in an industry that – who doesn't love, and in a state that, you know, is my hometown, so. That's wonderful. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. And I think it's wonderful that that uh, you joined uh, the uh, association and everything collapsed. Uh, of course, there's no correlation. Uh, so if you've just yeah. joined us, you're, you're listening to The Art of the CEO for some reason, uh, which every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time streams magically through the profoundly misunderstood realms of cyberspace, where you may listen and download it uh, by visiting theartoftheceo.com. We're on several stations, but the easiest way to get this episode and all the others is theartoftheceo.com. Now, Merlu, the restaurant industry uh, has, it, it's unique in one way. It's always been kind of a, an occupational haven offering some really good, solid, profitable employment to folks whose life and work situations would, would make that kind of employment tough. Uh, so could you outline for us, just to help us understand, some of the groups of people that, that are work in our restaurants and houses of hospitality, um, who, are the, who are they employing, the, and people we might not recognize? It's about as diverse as the types of restaurants we have in New Jersey. Aside from <laughs> career restaurant and hotel workers, uh, you have part-time um, second jobs, moms working part-time, students working their way through college. Uh, We've also been working with a lot of at-risk populations, re-entry, those that are um, returning to to population from being in prison and trying to get them educated and get them meaningful work, uh, to first-generation immigrants that are coming here. Um, And it's vital that um, because we are such a labor-intensive industry, and workforce development sure. continues to be the number one challenge that 
my members face. So it's important, mm. and I just think that it's important to work with all different kinds of populations at risk, reentry, those that have been victims of domestic violence, to give them a sustainable job so that they are able to end uh, the cycle of abuse and have an independent life. To, like, as oh, I said before, absolutely. to the the young, the young, you know, lady or man who's working trying to pay off college debt and work their way through college, <laughs> um, to somebody know. who's providing a, a for a family. So there really is a diverse amount, and that's what makes the the kitchen and the restaurant industry really a home because it brings people of all different backgrounds together and they work together. You know, I think that's so true, and it seems to me as if as I just listen to you running down the list of the groups of people who are there, you're giving a lot of people a first or second shot at the American dream who wouldn't have it otherwise, right or wrong. Uh, this is that's this is the number one place where you can still find that American dream. Uh, and what's interesting, oh, and we certainly do when we talk about immigration reform, is that. Forty percent of all Fortune 500 companies have um, are are made from first generation immigrants, and uh, oh gosh, yeah, that's yeah, true. And so it's they're important. They're it's an important part of our our workforce. So we certainly advocate for you know a comprehensive, responsible immigration reform. Well, I I know that the, that you uh, as part of your of the NJ RHA's uh, mission is to keep a sharp eye on the labor laws and and make sure that the the special needs of the restaurant and hospitality industry get met. And so I'm looking at this uh reform and review act. It's uh this coming up. It seems innocent enough. But what exactly does the reform and review act mean to the restaurant owners and what what is the stance of of the association on 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 that? And I I'm assuming you're referring to the overtime um, that was just yes, acted on. Yes, yeah, I'm sorry. I, yes, the overtime no, reform no, no. and review act. I, I left it out. <laughs> yes, no, and that was just overturned. Um, it was up in the Supreme Court, and it was overturned. So that uh, any, as I said before, we're such a labor-intensive industry. So any kind of labor initiative uh, that gets passed, whether it's on the state level, the federal level has such a much more of an impact on the the hospitality industry. A tech company can make a, generate a million dollars with five people. For a restaurant right. or a hotel to generate a million dollars requires 50 or 60 people. So any kind of reform or any kind of initiative impacts my industry specifically. Okay, I think I, I'm really glad you brought that uh, statistic up. It gives us all a little better realization of what it takes to put that food on the plate as opposed to the disc that you uh, slip into your computer or download. Uh, so with uh, your mind full feasted on some new intri intriguing insights, certainly I've learned a lot, uh, about the world of restaurants and the industry, uh, why don't we take a gentle pause and partake of, say, a brief sorbet from Mary Lou's Feast of Wisdom and allow me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we are here today. There's two companies. The first is Man Consulting. It's M-A-H-N Consulting, and it's uh, been a team that for over a decade has been listed as one of the top recruiters and for C-suite and legal talent on this third rock from the sun, best on the planet. And it, I have to tell you that it's run by Miss Sharon Mann, who is very, very 
best at providing corporations and globally talented individuals with the environment that they each need, with the wants that they get. And part of this is due to the, the Sharon's, I must say, I've known her, her infinite generosity and perception. This is the kind of person you want working for you. That's manconsulting.com. And also this very day, Prometheus Publishing would like to invite you to take a look at one of its uh, books that's helped a great many women in their own careers. The title is Behind Every Successful Woman is Herself. Uh, the gem of, well, it's, this is really just a fabulous guide. It embraces all the thoughts of leading business women. It provides the, the techniques and the disciplines and those important attitudes for all those ladies who want their career to to soar and and on start their own business. It's it's the kind of book that makes a really ideal gift for the graduate uh, or someone entering into business studies, and you may pick up your copy at bartsbooks.com bookstore. And speaking of masters who uh, have the tools for to enrich their industries right at uh, her own fingertips, turn your ear back with me to the New Jersey Restaurant and Hospitality Association President, Mary Lou Halverson, to learn a little bit more about this thing that employs one out of every ten Americans. Uh, Mary Lou, you actively I, you, uh, have legislated for for many unique, uh, well, many positions in your really individual industry. So what I'd like to do, if I could, for just a couple of things, I'd like to give you a magic wand for a moment. And I'm going to bring up an issue, and you you, you get to wave your wand and say what you really would like to see in this uh, in this particular issue and why. So, okay, so I'm going to start with one. You've already given a hint on this one. Immigration reform. What would you have done? Love to see comprehensive immigration reform that um, protects, gives protection uh, to you know our country of people who are coming here, but also allows for uh, immigrants to come here and uh, and work in our industry and to also expand our visa work visa programs that we have. We have a, a critical shortage of workforce in our industry. P- uh, my restaurants are number one need. So that's that's the reality is is that we we need um, we need to get these visa programs um, expanded. Hmm. I mean, is it is it now? I take it it's rather difficult. I don't think most of us realize how difficult it is to get a work visa in the U.S. Correct? It is. It's it's very very challenging. And you know, I've had critics say to me, um, "Well, why aren't you hiring American employees?" and you know, we have very low unemployment. And children, kids, teenagers, they're not working uh, anymore. You know, your first job would always be in the restaurant industry. Now the push sure, is yeah. to get uh, internships and with expanded, uh, you know, football practice in the summer and all the, the demands right. on children that they're not, they're not really working. And, you know, they're not working washing dishes. That is a reality. So it's important that the restaurants are able to operate in visa programs, whether it's a um, uh, HB1 or J1 visas. Those, those are critical to the hospitality industry. Right, right. Uh-huh. I think that's, that's great. I mean, I, I started off as a dishwasher, but you're absolutely right. I didn't have the million programs and internships available to me and my, my, my schoolmates at that time. And 
we I think it's time to lift our lamp beside the golden door and and solve our own problems and give ourselves the prosperity we need. So good for you. All right, here's another one. Liquor licensing. <laughs> what would you yes, do? <laughs> uh, that's also another controversial subject because I hear, oh, you know, why should we not have more liquor licenses? And, and sounds great. Uh, but, you know, and people say it's an antiquated system. Well, it might be an antiquated system, but it's a system that my members have bought into, and some have paid a million dollars for their liquor licenses. So when you talk about just reforming it and, you know, granting thousands of more licenses does impact the businesses that are already paid into a very costly um, system. So when we're talking about liquor license reform, that they really understand that, they need to acknowledge the value of what people have paid into it and whether it's compensate people back yeah. for it or protect the system that we have. So it's, it is because we also represent restaurants that are looking for a liquor license. And mm-hmm. so, it, you know, it's, it's, it is a very, it's a very touchy you're, you're subject. You're kind of caught and, both ways, aren't you? Yeah. So, you know, whether you go, you look at a, a beer and wine license as a compromise. I mean, there's, there's certainly many things, but it's not as easy as just, okay, let's, you know, let's open the market and flood um, with more liquor licenses because that's certainly right. not the oh. fair or the, the smart way to go. Well, thank you very much because it's thank goodness, and I'm glad you said it is delicate. There, there is one thing I've seen. I, I did this when I was doing the uh, the Garden State Wineries Guide. I found out one very special law that allows uh, New Jersey restaurants to use to use the uh, one New Jersey wineries uh, liquor, even if they don't have the license. Could you explain that one to us? Yes, they're, the restaurant is allowed to be used as a outlet. Uh, so if you have a vineyard mm-hmm. in New Jersey, they're able to work with a restaurant and able to sell. You can't buy by the glass. You have to sell the whole bottle. But you can go to that restaurant right. and you can buy the New Jersey winery, whatever their options are, and they can only work with one um, winery at a time. So that's, right. that is actually a great program because it helps that restaurant as well as the New Jersey wineries. This is absolutely true. I, I bring that up. I'm a little, I'm very biased on this because I think it's a wonderful law that that both, that washes two industries' hands and it, and it it also serves the public at once. It's good to see this kind of creative legislation. I know we we. My my wife and I make our own wine, and um, I don't think there's a restaurant in the state that would that would serve it. So you're all safe. So, <laughs> at but any there rate. are New Jersey really has gotten uh, the grapes that they're producing and the wines they're producing have really um, uh, they're they're really doing very well. Oh yes, yes they are. As a matter of fact, in the in a contest between the best of France and the best of California and the best of New Jersey, New Jersey walked away with top honors. I pass that on to you. Now here's a surprise one: marijuana laws in restaurants and out. What what is your thought on that? I I never would have considered that. What what's the thought about the what's your thought about marijuana laws? Marijuana is the situation. We're not opposing it or we're not supporting it. Uh, we are very right. concerned about the consumption of marijuana in a restaurant because when you sure. combine marijuana with alcohol, it's not a – the effect is not one plus one equals two. It's one plus one equals four or five. It compounds uh, the effects of each of them tremendously. 
And also you have the issue of people walking in if they're uh, utilizing marijuana, whether it's edible or vaping, or and you can't smoke because of the Clean Air Act. But now all of a sudden you're making that license holder liable uh, for something that they have no idea of what that consumer consumed prior to coming in. So it. Oh my goodness. It, you know, it's it's interesting. There's eight states that have allowed recreational marijuana. Uh, to learn from those states, I think, is going to be important to, for us to see the, the do's and the don'ts. I was out in Colorado. I, I spoke to a dispensary at length about how they're able to, how you can use it. It's very well regulated, and I think that, um, you know, we definitely need to be part of that conversation because it's a very much a concern for my license holder, and it does impact oh, sure. alcohol sales. So just from a competitive point yeah. of view, but I think it's it's probably from what I hear, it's, it's, something's going to happen in the next couple of years. With uh, so, you know, we just need to be prepared and, like I said, have it as planned out. Learn um, the best uh, principles from what the other states, the other eight states, have done. Good for you. I, I think that's a, a good way to do it is to follow models that are working and uh, hold them up to light, see where the flaws are, see where we can improve. I think it, it's a very good stance to take. I'm glad you're doing it. And uh, I, just a quick one, because I think a lot of people get very upset about this. Who, uh, many people believe that we needed a good, solid minimum wage, no exceptions. It's important by making the populace richer, you make businesses richer uh, and so forth so minimum wage and tips in the restaurant industry what's your thought on that and what 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 do people not understand well let let's take the tipped wage because that is the most misunderstood um concept in the world the the tipped right. wage is two dollars is two dollars and thirteen cents that does not mean that people okay. make two dollars and thirteen cents every employee at the end of their shift must make minimum wage. So if nobody comes in and they don't get tipped at all, they still need to make whatever the current minimum wage is, whether it's eight forty two or it's fifteen dollars. Uh, so right. that and that will be the that is the responsibility of the restaurant owner to make up the difference of between the two thirteen and the what minimum wage is. Uh, so if anyone ever tells you, oh, I'm only making 213 an hour, that is completely incorrect. And if they are only making 213 an hour, they need to call me or the Department of Labor and report that, that business because that is a complete violation of the law. Um, oh, thank goodness for explaining that. Thank you. Yeah, and that, that is it is a big mis- misconception. In a, and sometimes the um, proponents of a, uh, the fight for 15 will sit there and say, you know, they're only making 213, and, and that is completely incorrect. Um, okay. A $15 minimum wage is what we're hearing mm-hmm. going um, throughout the country, yeah, that's, that's, and, and there's been talk about it. That, uh, you know, uh, that's an 80% increase. And... You know, you do get to the point of how much are you willing to pay for a hamburger? Are you willing to pay $17 for a hamburger? Because it will increase food costs. Um, a $15 minimum yeah, wage yeah. is expected to have a, a huge increase in, in grocery bills and in food costs. So there there will be additional um, an increase in, yeah. in people's um, day-to-day budget. Uh, now, to say that 842 is the right number... We know that a minimum wage is going to go up, um, and mm-hmm. I did a survey of all of my members to find out. Typically, the lowest-paying um, 
job in, in a restaurant is usually typically your your dishwashers, things like that. Right. My right. members are the ones I've surveyed. Nobody's really paying less than nine fifty or ten dollars. So, uh-huh. okay. you know, that is something that we're certainly working to with the legislature, and we're happy to work with that to see what that that number is. But does a fifteen year old who's working on the boardwalk need to make fifteen dollars an hour? Does that make sense? Yeah, that's and, that's absolutely true. Yeah. And, I think, and I think what you're business. saying is that people really have to vote. If you believe that, if, if you say, "All right, uh, I want a fifteen-dollar minimum wage," you're going to have to say yes, and I am willing to put not not just my mouth, but uh, but my money, and in because I want to say, because from my point of view, I want to see our society prosper, so I'm willing to pay $15 for hamburger or whatever. I mean, I, if that's if that's what you believe, fine. If you don't, then then you can can pick another number. But I at least thank you for, for what you've done. You're helping us make a much more informed decision on that issue. So good, good for and you. And it's also not just, if, if you bring everybody to 15, well, then that prep cook who is at 15, now he needs, because he's going to say, well, now I want to make 20. So everybody sure, else, sure. that just brings the, the minimum level, and now you're paying everybody else more. And But is there willing for us to work with um, the legislature and, and the new governor on what it makes sense? Going back to my point, for me to operate or for my members to operate, their business requires a lot more people, so those labor costs are going to impact us significantly. I have just one more thing. I, I'd love to keep you here for another two hours, but I have one question that's an abs- abs- absolutely must, and that is I am a proud Garden Stater. I love New Jersey's top-of-the-line diners. They serve what I and my, my wife love, <clears throat> but why New Jersey? I mean, diners have died out almost everywhere else. Why do diners thrive in New Jersey? <laughs> and that's a great question, and we have them, and people love them because of uh, – where else can you go at 3 o'clock in the morning and get fries and pancakes and tuna fish and pot roast and you know, ice cream and, and whatever it is that you want? Uh, and I think because there is a big Greek um, uh, culture here in New Jersey, so yes, truly. that's there, and that is the reality. A lot, there's a lot of Greek diners. Um, so that's really where I think it started from, but... Whatever the reason, the, the, the historic reason is, which I, I honestly can say I don't know, uh, it, it makes New Jersey so popular. It really is something special about New Jersey. And we and it does believe indeed, we love and it our makes diners. all the other states, I was just going to say, it makes the other states jealous, and that makes me fine. <laughs> and and they don't, they'll do a diner, but it's not like a real Jersey diner. Oh, no. Got to be a Jersey diner. Marlo, this has been fabulous. I thank you so, so much for enlightening us all today and coming on. It's It's been great fun. Uh, well, thank you so much for having me, and uh, I appreciate the time. Okay. I, it's wonderful, and we'll have to have you back. So as we round out today's feast, uh, I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's business quotation. Who was it who said... Stopping advertising to save money is like stopping your watch to save time. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Anyway, as a hint to the author, this American car maker tried uh, car models A through S before finally hitting it big with a Model T. And remember, if you know the author of this quote, just scribble his name down or her name down, as you believe them to be, and send it right off 
to info at bartsbooks.com to win an absolutely life-changing, career-igniting gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, nothing is so annoying in business as a profitable innovation. Thought up by another person, I mean. (laughs) And to you who have been gleefully sharing our feast. I hope you've enjoyed The Art of the CEO as much as Mary Lou and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember, you may download this and all our shows at theartoftheceo.com. And finally, to you who have honored us with your time, may I say, as always, it has been a privilege. I thank you. <laughs>